Blog Talk Radio. Franchise interviews from Eastern Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia. You're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Welcome to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews has been giving an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship. Listen to interviews with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts, and attorneys. And now, welcome your host, Marty McDermott, and Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 11 years now, we've been asking the entrepreneurs one-on-one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and we have a great show today. We're meeting with Meg Schmidt, and Meg is a franchise consultant for Franchise. With deep knowledge of franchises, started in the 1990s, which is the first of five-way cook salons in the Chicago area. The president of the Chicago area, owners of co-op and liaison to corporate executive staff, Meg saw how others struggled they bought a franchise that wasn't the best fit. We're going to talk to Meg about that this moment. Franchise hits. Stick around because we have a great show. The Stone Coat Franchise Opportunity. Are you looking for a unique and lucrative franchise opportunity? If so, take a look at Stone Coat. With a patented process which creates a true stone finish on almost any wall or ceiling, Stone Coat is a true game-changing product in the multi-billion dollar construction industry. Stone Coat is applied faster, cleaner, and cheaper than conventional quarried stone, which saves both time and money. With advantages in remodel and new construction of both residential and commercial projects, Stone Coat is a true crossover product. The Stone Coat Franchise Opportunity provides a low startup cost, low operating expenses, comprehensive training, ongoing support, and no royalty payments. For more information on the Stone Coat Franchise Opportunity, go to www.stonecoatfranchise.com. That's www.stonecoatfranchise.com or call us at 972-380-2700. That's 972-380-2700. Hi, this is Connie McDermott, Administrative Assistant for Franchise Interviews, LLC, and you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews, from Eastern Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia, you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 11 years now, we've been asking the entrepreneurs one-on-one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and as we were saying earlier, we have a great show today. We're meeting with Meg Schmitz, and Meg is a franchising consultant through Franchise, and her deep knowledge of franchising started in the 1990s when she opened the first of five great clip salons in the Chicago area. Hi, Meg. How are you? Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's an honor to be here. Oh, thank you, Meg. This is our pleasure. We always like to ask our guests, where are you calling from this morning, Meg? Uh, I split my time between the Chicago area and southern Wisconsin. So right now I am looking out. Um, I'm in Milton, Wisconsin, looking oh. over a beautiful lake with pelicans and eagles flying by. So I'll try to keep my attention on the on the interview and not on the lake. 
<laughs> That's fantastic. I get that. <laughs> you know, you have an interesting story, Meg, when I was reading about your background. Yeah, maybe you could tell our listeners, you know, how you got involved in franchising. It was a complete surprise to me. Um, my husband at the time, and this is important, um, went mm-hmm. to a franchise expo in the Chicago area and looked at kind of the typical assortment of, of concepts that would go to an expo. Right. There was clean, residential cleaning, janitorial, hair care, food, automotive, and he just sort of picked one, and he picked great clips, um, fortunately, a rock-solid yeah. system, great operating yes. support. But I didn't know that he wanted to own a business. And so as a consultant now, um, the three things that I say are my first priority is to take care of your wife, your lifestyle, and your money because those were things that he kind of didn't put enough emphasis on in making a decision. And, and Great Clips was a great, um, as you can see, five locations later, I had, right. was bought out an offer I couldn't refuse. But because he was not really taking into account, and we'll get to some of these questions, the yeah. psychology behind it, what's the reality of it? How long does it take? Who are your employees and your customers? And right. so... Anyway, it just wasn't a good fit for him, and um, he was ready to kind of throw in the towel after about six months. So obviously we pulled it together, and uh, I learned right. a ton from the Great Clips people. What it was a good do you experience. like most about franchising, Meg? I mean, because, you know, again, you've been involved in it for quite some time now. I mean, it's decades we're talking about, yeah. so you have, you know, so much experience. Yeah. What do you like most about franchising? Well, so I continue to be an owner, but on the consulting side of it, I see all the different opportunities that come and some of them that go for, mm-hmm. from the standpoint of success for an investor, for an owner. What I really like and what I'm looking for are people who can follow a plan. Um, yes. People who like to bake know how important it is. Every ingredient has a purpose. Right. If you're an athlete right. and you've played on a, a successful team, it's all about team sports. If you've been in the military, you've been a corporate executive. You know, there's a mission and a mission statement and operating procedures and the customer as well as the employees know what um, what the deliverable is. That's why I like franchising is that it's, it's predictable, reliable, 100% satisfaction guaranteed if it's done right. Right. And if you've if got the right owners right. in place. That's interesting. You know, it's, it's interesting because we've been doing the show now, Meg, for 11 years. And, you know, sometimes we'll have, you know, franchises on the show. And, and, and I think, you know, they're going to be like the biggest thing in the world. And, and then you hear like five or six years later that, you know, they've, they've kind of gone under, you know, and, and it's, it's yeah. scary. And, you know, this is really where, I, you know, a, a franchise consultant comes in. Maybe, maybe you could talk to our listeners a little bit about, you know, how the whole process works and what a franchise consultant does. So I'm very particular that my process is I'm not a broker. A mm-hmm. broker to me is someone who says, hey, this is hot. Take a look at it. Right. For me, the yeah. whole process is getting – if I were working with you, Marty, I would want to know about you. I'd want to know about right. your your household. Do you have kids? What kind of goals? What is this – why are we talking? And and so right. what, what? What do you want out of it? And so I lay the groundwork from the beginning that – your wife, your life, and your money are three things mm-hmm. that you're trusting me to take care of and take into account right. throughout the whole process. On the, on the franchisor side, once I make the introduction of you to a franchise concept, then I walk with you the whole rest of the way. I can't deliver financials. I can't deliver mm-hmm. um, performance. Right. But at Franchise, we've got a great group of people, a team-led yeah. by our VP of Franchisor Relations. So he is doing a lot of the upfront vetting and screening 
just that I was I would have you do, but I know that it's been done already by our corporate staff. So we've got, um, if you know the franchise disclosure document, we're looking at sure. item three. There's a problem in item three, then you can go back to item two. That's the executives of the company. And item three is litigation. That's right. what I'm right. referring to. There are the financial disclosures and then the, the statement of earnings. And that's all information that I walk through that, that digestion process right. with my candidates in order to determine is franchising the right vehicle for you. And if it is, going back to who does well in franchising, then the franchisor, I walk, I walk through, it's a three-legged conversation, three-legged mm-hmm. stool, and full of yes. transparency so that it's kind of like right. meeting your future wife. You, you have somebody sure. walking along with you to be the matchmaker. It's, it's interesting, you know, in, in talking to you, Meg, you know, because we've used some of those analogies, you know, on the show, you know, the three-legged stool, you know, and, uh, you know, those things are just, you know, so important. And, you know, I think what makes it interesting for you, you know, I, it puts you in a strong position because, you know, being a franchisee, you can really empathize with your clients, can't you? Yeah, yeah, I can, absolutely. And <laughs> because I'm consistently looking at franchise investments, and in my household, actually, we we run the full spectrum from little startups that are looking mm-hmm. for angel funds, anything from $10,000 to $50,000 to get going, all the way up right. to maturity when they might be ready to expand into franchising. I, I can empathize with everybody all day long about the fears and the concerns and the excitement and is it the right fit? Oh, my gosh, am I really about to do this? Right, right. Yeah, it's a it's a great position for me to be in. If the answer is no, though, I, I just I look at I try to get people to look at everything they've learned about themselves in order to get to right. no. Right, absolutely. It's interesting in talking about you know the spouse too. It, it it's so important. It's one of the things that you know when I first started the show, it, it never even really occurred to me is that I mean you really are bringing your spouse along for the ride and your family, you know when you're going yeah. into this thing, aren't you, Meg? Yeah, I contributed um, some commentary to a, a book that was written recently. And, um, mm-hmm. and you really just have to, when you have this idea that you want to own a business, you can look at independent startups, you can look at businesses that are represented by a broker. I think the beautiful thing about franchising, and I talk about this relative to corporate America and their hiring mm-hmm. process, in franchising, we've got the Federal Trade Commission overseeing us. Right. We've got yeah. a franchise disclosure document that's now written in layman's terms. So I yeah. try to make it really, you know, approachable and engaging for the spouse so that from the very beginning their voice is being heard and you know, we can then navigate through all those all those questions. Yeah, having the the Federal Trade Commission involved, you know, and the FDD, I mean, it is such a great document, isn't it, Meg? You know, and and I'm sure that, you know, when you're going through it, you know, with your your prospective clients that, you know, um, it it could be a little overwhelming. I've seen a number of them over the years, you know, and sometimes some of them are easy to read and some of them are not so easy to read. So I guess, you know, you've seen so many of them over the course of time and, you know, you you know them because, you know, the the clients that you work with, that really helps your, your, your customers, doesn't it? It does. And uh, going back a few years, you probably remember when the name changed, the document yes. was called the Uniform Franchise Offering Circular. Which I people remember say, that. What does this even mean to <laughs> right. then being written in more layman's terms? The one word I really miss, Marty, is uniform. I wish it was yes. still part of the name of that yeah. document because it conveys 
so much that you're buying the same thing that I'm buying at the same price, at the same right. royalty, with the same support. So I, I, people don't necessarily realize that that FDD, the Franchise Disclosure Document, is a uniform document that says for everybody right. in the system, you're all buying the same thing. Do Do you find like that when you start working with someone um, that they have some you know preconceived notions? Like, I mean, do do they have an idea of what industry Absolutely. they want to go into and then you it, it does it happen where maybe you'll steer them towards another industry that they may have never even thought of before yes and this is something that i try to this is this is a topic that i convey from the very first conversation mm-hmm. that you're going to be surprised you're going to say what the heck i never even knew that there were businesses that do this let alone right. that um so I ask people to look at a wall, look at a white wall, and mm-hmm. say, this is all white space. I don't know what I don't know about franchising, although everybody has an experience with franchising. They don't realize how right. often they walk into one and, and are right. a consumer. So I, I think the, an analogy that um, resonates with a lot of people is if you've got kids and you remember when they're little and they, they really don't like a certain food or they really do like a certain right. food, People come to franchising with the same sort of thing. Oh, I don't want automotive. I don't want hair care. I really want food. So I'll play along with that. And if they have a really strong sense that they want food, then I'll put them through the paces on that and let let them prove to themselves why. And maybe along the way they'll prove to themselves why not. So I always... Try to give um, three different options in three different industries so that even if the other ones are a no, again, right. a no is just as important as a yes. They need to know. Interesting. You, you, you've been involved in franchising for such a long time, even longer than myself. I, I got pretty much involved, I guess it was like in the late 90s. But, you know, I remember when I started off, I always remember a number like saying like there was like 1,500 different systems out there or 1,200 systems. And today, like I've seen the numbers like up to, I think it's over 3,000. You probably know better than I would at this point. But, you know, it, it makes it difficult too, doesn't it, for I guess the prospective franchisee to, you know, how do you narrow it down between, you know, the 3,500 or 3,800 franchises? I guess where I'm going with this is, you know, if, yeah, yeah. maybe you could talk a little bit about like the current state of franchising because it does seem like there's always like new industries popping up, you know? So, you know, how does that affect the, the whole process? So yeah, I saw a number this morning, you may know the name Joe Matthews. He's got a lot of good uh, books and articles. I yes, think the number I the saw show. this morning, yeah, it was something like 3,672. Wow. So, and so, you know, there, there's a life cycle to any business. When a franchise is ready to expand, they one would hope, have ironed out all the kinks. But that's not yeah. necessarily the case, right? It's right. Some states right. are registration states where they oversee yes. which concepts can sell in that state, and other states have no registration process. There's no governance and, or oversight, and I'm not a big one for governance and oversight, but right. um, I, do, <laughs> I do think that <laughs> that there are a lot of concepts that start with people who want to expand rapidly. The cap table looks very desirable, having other people's money and having other people help to test the system. Yes. And I've been involved with a number of those companies. And um, you know, some of them are going to make it past the early stages into more mature stages, and others are not. 
So I I try to help candidates, that I, I, mm-hmm. and I mostly work with personal referrals. So they already have a sense of who I am and what I do, or they found me via social media, and they can they can see what my background is. And I test people out on their risk-o-meter. Right. How, how much risk are you willing to, to take? And, yeah. and, and so there are some great new concepts that are in industries that are very old, like residential cleaning right. or hair care. I mean, let's go right. back hair to that. Hair care, how long has anyone been getting their hair cut at a franchise company? Well, let's see, Great Clips and Supercuts are all in their fifth decade now. Um, yes. And there are new hair care concepts coming up all the time, and people will get a little skittish about, well, I don't know that this is going to work. Yeah. And that really leads into then who are the leaders of the company? What is the niche that they're creating? What's their leverage point or that a lot of people use right. for disruption? Sure. How are they a disruptor? And, right. and does that fly with you on your riskometer? So I'm, I frequently circle back to that to say, if this feels too risky, what is it about it that is giving you cause for concern? And we'll dig into that until you can say, oh, no, thank you, or, right. yeah, let's keep going. It's, um, there are a lot of new concepts, but some of them are really solid. It's true, right? Some, you know, I guess you don't know. You know, I always, you know we've told this story on the show several times, Meg. You know, um, I think Thomas, he was one of the first, I think he was one of the first franchisees to KFC, you know, Kentucky Fried Chicken at the time, you know, and mm-hmm. he said, how did he know, you know, I mean, because it was such a, it was a new franchise that nobody knew that it was going to become a, a bigger name franchise, you know, or, or, you know, we've spoken mm-hmm. about the earlier McDonald franchises. How did they know it was going to be so big? You know, it's, you know, I guess so there is always that element of risk involved, even when we're talking about franchising. I, I think, and again, you know, better than yeah, I, yeah. you know, that people think when it's termed or labeled a franchise, they they may be associated with McDonald's or Subway or something like that, you know. So they say, okay, yeah. well, this is, you know, and there's no risk involved. But it, it's it's really not that way at all, is it? There's a huge amount of risk in anything you do every yeah. day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and whether you're buying a car, or getting married, or, or interviewing for a new job, there's due diligence, and that's what I'm here to help people with. Is to be frankly honest with themselves about this entire process of doing research. But, and part of that is talking to existing franchisees. Yes. Recently I had a panel discussion where I invited some of my successful pr- franchise placements in the Milwaukee area to talk mm-hmm. about best practices. And really what my observation was after that night's discussion was they all are facing risk too, even though they're, they've been in business for more than five years. But we were right. talking about how much time and energy you still need to put into your employees and creating a culture, mm-hmm. if you have employees, a, right. a culture where you are the employer of choice. Right. You mitigate a lot of risk by creating a culture within your company where there's teamwork, there's team building, there's attention to detail, there's a focus on customer service because yes. the customer's coming in for the predictable, the reliable, the 100% satisfaction guarantee. Right. And you you can de-risk a lot by knowing what your brand is, what is the hook, why are you relevant, why is your customer right. care, and then why do your employees care? So that's, Those are excellent uh, points. People yeah, can still, I, you can still fail, but uh, of course, but you, of course. 
I, you know, I think it's interesting that I always wonder how someone goes through this process without, you know, someone like yourself, you know, I mean, to, to, <laughs> to go at it alone, it must be very difficult. And, and you know that there's people out there that probably do go at this alone, you know, and you wonder, and, did they make the best possible choice? Did they get into the wrong industry or did they select the wrong brand, you know, and that's really where you come in. I mean, you, your background, I mean, I saw you even had like a background, I guess, in psychology as well. And I'm sure that even helps you with your clients as well, doesn't it? Every day. I grew up in a household with two medical professionals, a, a surgeon and a, a nurse. And my mom was a founder of a hospice in the Chicago area. And I so that, yeah. and I used to volunteer. at. That's the biggest transition any of us is ever going to make from life to death. So I try to right. get my candidates to approach this process as, as a fun process. But I yeah. do tell them along the way, if you're on a group conference call where everyone is asking questions of a franchisee or at the end of the process when you're invited to discovery day, if it's right. a group discovery day, you're likely to be there with other people who are not as well educated or prepared right. as I, I, my franchisors expect from me. I get people all the way through looking at the itinerary and who are the people they're going to be meeting with at Discovery Day and to know that there are less sophisticated or less prepared people who will also be there. That's um, interesting. And those are the people I think you're referring to are the ones who find yeah. it on their own. It's organic growth. But, yeah, yeah, the franchise companies will invite in organic leads. And I, those people mm-hmm. don't have a me to um, – to help them ask the questions and do the gut checks right. and get the finance. Let's talk about finances. Right, right. If exactly. you're undercapitalized going in, you've got nothing but a headache or worse coming on. So I also help people navigate through which levers can they pull right. so that they don't supersize the deal and they don't undersize the deal. They have to have their financial goals in mind and then the financial wherewithal to make that goal come true. Right. It's so important. Do you find that, you know, a lot of your, you know, we've spoken about it on the show only on several occasions, Meg, but I mean, do you find that some people are using franchising as a retirement strategy today? Yeah, I, yes. (laughs) You do? Okay. um, Yeah, I work with, um, well, so I'm 55 and Mm -hmm. um, looking at at the future here, I'm still involved and invested in franchising. As a retirement strategy, it's also a diversification strategy for a lot of people who are right. still in their career looking at there are some industries that have very high turnover right now, and so they're contacting me to get invested into a franchise that may be manager run while they keep their job, knowing that at some point it will create an exit opportunity where now it's like an annuity. It's throwing off enough income that they can exit their job and quote unquote, retire while managing this business or maybe multiple businesses. It's a great strategy. I think so too. You know, I mean, I've had a a 401k now for for a long time now. And it just, you you look at the growth, you know, over the last decade and you say, my God. It's been great recently, I bet. It's been great recently. I've been happy recently, but it's taken like, you know, 
a decade, you know, to get to that point, you know, so you finally say, okay, well, you know, it, it's, maybe I do have something here, but, um, you know, it, it, it does make sense, you know, I mean, if you want to sometimes retire comfortably, you know, I mean, to, to, to use franchising as, as a retirement strategy, if, if you're a fit for that, you know, so I, I think it's yeah. great. You, you talk about so many different topics, uh, you know, and I'm going to have to have you back on the show at, at some point again, Meg, because you, you talk about a variety of topics. And one of the things that interest, interested me was um, you even meant to talk about, like, um, artificial intelligence and how it's yeah. impacting the franchise sector. I thought, you know, maybe you could just touch upon that because I thought that was interesting. So um, we're invested I know it's a deep in a question. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're invested in a, a small company that's not so small anymore. Um, yeah. the, just by example, they're, they're glasses that a technician, an HVAC technician would wear that has sound and so it's got a microphone and camera on the glasses so that a lesser trained technician can go and check out an HVAC problem on, on the rooftop of a building. And then you've got Harry, the experienced guy, sitting back at, at, the, at the corporate office. Right. And he can be watching 12 different monitors. Oh, that's so incredible. We've got, talking each of the technicians through, oh, I can hear that. It sounds like a frayed belt. Um, scan over, look over right. to your right, and take the top off. So that's an example of artificial intelligence that is being used in HVAC. And it's wow. helping franchise companies. This is one example. It, it helps franchise companies that are in the HVAC space where, I mean, if I could get on a soapbox and talk about parents, please look at, your kids and sending them to trade schools. We have right. so many great trade jobs open. Yes. And we've got cosmetology. Everyone needs a haircut. We've got That's cars. Right. And if, if it's hot out and your air conditioning doesn't work, you want it fixed. And if yes. you're locked out of your car, you needed to get back in five minutes ago. These are great right. technical jobs. And all of them are going to stand the test of time. All of them are great investment opportunities where technicians are now being equipped smarter technology for diagnostic and repair. <laughs> but we also see artificial intelligence, well, I'll, I'll tell you, like eyelash extensions are a big thing for women. Yes, we've had those on the show. You, yeah. will, you will never have a computer. You will never have a robot applying. <laughs> That's true. Glue. <laughs> and I, so, so, again, I, if I could put a plug in for, for parents with teenagers who are good with their hands and, and maybe you don't want to pick tuition, trade right. schools. There are so many great jobs in franchising, and we're growing yeah. faster. Franchise companies are opening and growing faster. Uh, and I can get you data points on that. I was reading another article yeah. on that earlier. But artificial wow. intelligence is a big thing. Amazon proof is another hot topic. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you how do you stay relevant? Right. I said Amazon. I can hear my little Amazon Echo is trying to talk to me now. It's so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> the technology is fascinating, you know. And I, I was unaware of that that technology that that you were talking about, Meg. You know, so it's always interesting in in doing this show such a long time now. I always learned so much from people like yourself, you know, in, in having you on the show. And it goes back to that old tagline, you know, that it's been around such a long time now, but I mean, franchising is being in business for yourself, but not by yourself, you know, and that, that certainly still applies today, probably even more so today with, with the technology, I imagine. Yeah, the franchisors, their point of sale software and the data that can be collected, the people who hopefully are back at the home office 
reading those data points uh, can help. That would have helped me so much with great clips back way back yeah. when. So we've got the immediacy of being able to see real-time productivity of your employees. Um, right. There's a lot. There's a lot of reason to go into franchising. Pick a good one. This is what I'm mm-hmm. here to help people do is to, to find a good one. Technology today makes it so easy then, back to your point, in business by yourself, for yourself, but not by yourself. Right. Stop the phone and call corporate. If you got a question, you ran into a wall, your employees didn't show up, everybody's got chicken pox, you got customers out the front door, call right. corporate and ask them what this is what they're there to do, is to support you exactly. through those questions that you don't know how to address yourself. How did you know in the beginning, uh, Meg, when you were, you know, franchise looking for a franchise yourself? I mean, how did you narrow it down to Great Clips, which, by the way, is is a an amazing franchise opportunity? So obviously, you know, you know, you made a very good choice and you were very successful with it. But what, was it difficult to narrow it down to that one single franchise? If you can go back to the beginning. Well, so again, this is this was the big problem for. For me, is that my husband chose a brand, and that's all he looked at. Right. Fortunately, right, Great Clips is rock solid, gold yeah. standard, and this yep. is what I'm looking for now. Right. What What I ask my people to please just entertain me, the can the candidates that I'm working with, entertain me. Compare and contrast three different concepts in three different industries, even if. All three of them are a no. If you can give me a fact-based why it's a no, then I can navigate over to something else. So this compare and contrast, it's like when you're interviewing for a job or when you're looking at a house. You want to buy a house or a car. Right. Some people like me are pretty brand-specific. I know what kind of a car Mm -hmm. I like to drive. But when you're evaluating business, you're really evaluating more than the industry or the product you're right. interviewing the leadership of that company and in the in the infrastructure they're providing to you for that franchise fee and the royalty. So that's true. I'm a strong believer that the more you can compare and contrast, the more confident you'll be once you're on the inside that you made the right choice. I think that's great advice. What What are your thoughts on the franchise shows, <clears throat> or Meg? What advice would you give to someone attending a franchise show? You know, they're all over the country. We have one coming up yeah. in New York. Uh, I think it's in May. Yeah. Um, but, you know, what's your advice to someone attending a franchise show? I, I, I remember going to my first one, and it was overwhelming. You know, the first time I went to yeah. one, I was like, oh, my God, look at all these different franchises. You know, it's like, where do you begin? You know, what advice would you give to our listeners? Um, the first thing I would tell people is go and sample all the food, but don't let your stomach dictate your brain. <laughs> That's good. Because um, there are always a lot of different food concepts that are there. And, and yeah. you're, going back to a comment you made, People associate franchising with food, so it's a natural point of curiosity. I hope when people go to those shows, they go with their eyes wide open to say, oh, my gosh, to your point, look at all the things that are out here. Right. Then take a step back, and and again, don't let your stomach dictate your brain. There's a a decision-making process that's far more than what you see and what you taste, and the because those people are there at the show to to talk to Joe, any right. any any old Joe, right? And sure. so they know that they're going to be talking to people who are not sophisticated right. um, business owners, and 
So there are a lot of questions that people going to those shows should ask after they go. Pick up the phone and call someone like me to say, this is what I saw. Right. Now, how do I, how do I make sure that they're legit? Right. Exactly. The same thing with, I think the entrepreneur, I'm sorry, yeah, like the fortune or the entrepreneur of those, you know, the top 500, people don't <laughs> yes. realize companies pay to be considered. It's not, it's not Entrepreneur Magazine choosing through a process of right, comparing right. contrast. You know, it's, it's the same thing as a trade show. Go and have fun and, and then right. do your research afterwards. And ask lots of questions. You know, ask uh, lots are, of questions. questions are there, you know, it, 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 it certainly helps. And, you know, it, it's, it, you make a lot of great points about that. Franchise is, is, is an excellent company. I remember when Franchise even began way back when, uh, Meg, you know, I mean, and, yeah. and they really become, I, I guess you could say, you know, I mean, the, the, the leading, you know, service, you know, in, in your particular yeah. industry. Um, you know, maybe we could talk, a, you know, a little bit about them, you know, or how someone can get in touch with someone like you. Um, you know, if, if, you know, they listen to the show and then they say, you know what, but I'm going to need help with this whole thing. Um, how do they move forward and, and call someone like yourself and, and work with Franchise? So it's, uh, Franchise is a group of consultants. There are probably 80 of us around the country now. Mm-hmm. If people would like to talk to me because of the, what they're hearing here and the process that I would lay out, uh, it's easy to find me. I'm at megschmitz.com. Okay. Franchise. So Franchise, I knew Jeff Elgin. Here's, here we go in the way back machine. When my yeah. former husband went to that Franchise Expo and saw Great Clips, he met right. Jeff Elgin. Jeff Elgin he was the vice president of franchise development with Great Clips. Right. And so as I was getting in and getting going and, and ha- making all the mistakes with the first location and then expanding to five, I was the co-op president in Chicago, and Jeff Elgin got to know me. He said, you know, I'm splitting away. I'm leaving, France. I'm leaving Great Clips. I'm going right. to start this consulting company. Because rather than try to force a square peg in a round hole, not mm-hmm. every gainfully employed executive should be owning a Great Clip. What if we represented a lot of different brands, and people could make their own educated decision right. about which is the right fit for them? So we help people realize their dream of business ownership via a really solid process of research and investigation with the franchisor. We screen the franchise companies that we work with. So Mm -hmm. I've known Jeff now for 25, 26 years. Long time. And I'm in my 16th year of consulting. And yeah, we've got really high standards. I, I would say this, my reputation, because I work, with people like your listeners who are going to pick up the phone or or connect with me, my obligation, Marty, is to you. You will never have me on your show again. You will never make reference to me as an expert if I handle your people with anything less than kid gloves. So my first obligation is to make sure that if I get a referral from you, that you know that they're in good hands and they're going to, they're going to land well, or if they don't land in franchising, Right. I'm going to send them on their merry way to do something else. And I'm an open book for networking. I'm happy to help people find a job if business ownership isn't the right thing. How, they can, you great how joy they can find too, me though. is megschmitz.com, really. Megschmitz.com. We'll post that on the, on the show page too, Meg. You know, we'll have that Thanks. link up there as well. You know, but it must, be, it must bring you – your job must be 
very rewarding, you know, um, in the sense that, I mean, you're really, you're changing people's lives. I mean, this is that you said earlier, I mean, this is a big decision. It's almost as big as marriage, isn't it? I mean, it's, yeah. it's, you know, you got that 10 year commitment sometimes in a big financial investment. It's, it's more costly mm-hmm. sometimes than a wedding, right? So it's, it's, Absolutely. it's up there as far as the biggest decision you're ever going to make in your life. And you're part of that whole thing. What does that feel like for you? Well, it's, I, it's great for me because, again, I stick with people through the entire decision-making process to the point well beyond when they sign their franchise agreement. Right. I am, I'm here. Don't ever forget me. I'm an ongoing mm-hmm. living resource who's got today experience in, as a franchise owner. So I, I try to stay in touch with everybody that I've placed. I do have people who at some point say, I'm in, but it's not working for my family, and it's my marriage or get out of the business. Can you help me? Those are heartbreaking Mm -hmm. moments, but absolutely, I am here to help people. If you're going to move, whatever the life changes. Right. So I stay really close to my people well after. I made mention of the the group in Milwaukee where I had the panel discussion recently. Mm -hmm. I, I get all of my placements in Milwaukee together once a month. They're welcome to come. It's an open forum. We just talk about best practices, what's going on. Do you have a question or a concern or heartache, heartbreak? I'm hitting the wall. Help me get unstuck. So talk about rewarding. It's not that people sign on and I never talk to them again. It's like watching my, my babies grow up. Of course. Of course. Yeah. And that must bring you great joy that to see that, you know, some people, I mean, you know, and, and you know this, they become very, very successful in franchising. You know, I mean, they make a significant yeah. amount of money. You know, I, 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 yeah. I know that you've seen it, you know, and that just, uh, you know, to know that you were part of that whole thing, um, it, it just must be an incredible experience for you. And and I think it's great, too, yeah. that you, you continue that relationship. You know, sometimes I've heard, you know, compared to say, okay, well, a franchise broker is like a real estate agent. It's not because a real estate agent doesn't call you after you buy the house and say years later saying, oh, are you happy with the house? You know, I, I don't yeah. know of any. I've never had that situation. But you continue that relationship, you know, and, 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 and I think yeah. that's such an important part of the process, isn't it? It's, it is. I don't know anybody who does it quite the way that I do. I know that some of my right. colleagues try to stay in touch and, and do a, right. a, maybe a newsletter or something. Mm-hmm. I have meetings. I, I'm, so, again, back to my reputation. It, it is super rewarding for me. People circle back around and say, I, I'm having this challenge. Right. Have you ever seen anything like it? Chances are I yeah. have, and I've lived through it. Yes. Um, yeah. I also use the Wizard of Oz as an example sometimes. You know, I, you, the franchisor isn't this, this thing behind the curtain pulling levers. Mm-hmm. These are real people who want you to succeed. No one's going to make you succeed any more than you want to succeed. Right. But we're here to help. They need you to we're succeed, here to help. right. Yeah. And, I, you know, I remember now, I think you mentioned that, Joe, and I scanned that Joe Matthews article, and I, I thought that was fantastic. I'm going to have to go back to it again, Meg. But, you know, I, I thought it was interesting. I remember one part of that article, I think he was saying that, you know, most franchisors, I guess they have, you know, less than, you know, 100 um, franchise units. But, you know, the franchisor, you mm-hmm. bring up a very good point, is that the franchisor is very dependent on the franchisee's success, aren't they? They are, and it comes up in a lot of different ways. One in particular is in the franchise disclosure document. They have to disclose 
bankruptcies, failures, people who have exited the system, and make that right. their contact information available so that as part of the due diligence, if you wanted to find out why did I leave the Great Clip system, I'm right. in the FDD. So people right, it's a report yeah, I mean, card, corporate, isn't it? Like, yeah. It is perfect. That is exactly right. If corporate America yeah. had to be as transparent as we have to be about our successes and right. failures, the revolving right. door would stop, but there's a huge amount of, and I don't think people think about this, you know, what does entrepreneurialism mm-hmm. have to do with franchising? Well, every great franchise concept started as an entrepreneurial endeavor. And if right. that founder and CEO is still involved, that's their baby. Yeah. They don't want to see franchisees fail. So I think post 2008 to 11, when we had the last recession, franchisors mm-hmm. got a lot smarter about who they bring into their system and, and being less cavalier about everybody's going to make it because we know that not everybody's right. going to make it. So let's make the right. right, let's make the right pairing. Let's make the right match. And that's where you come in as well. Cause you can tell, you know, imagine in the early stages again, cause you, you know what questions to ask someone, you know, if someone is a match for franchising and some, someone is not a match for franchising. I, I imagine you could probably yeah. after all these years of doing it, you could probably tell pretty quick, right? If they're a match or not. Yeah. Yeah. And that, it was really heartbreaking in that 2008 to 11 phase when executives yeah. were being like, everybody was losing their jobs. It was terrible. Right. And people would say, well, I can't get a job, so I'll buy a franchise because it's an easy yes. way to replace my paycheck. It was right. heartbreaking when I had to tell people they weren't cut out for franchising either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was probably a lot more uh, notes back then, right? Saying, <laughs> sorry, yeah, this is for you. Let's not throw good money after bad. Yeah. Right. If it's not right. right for you and you're not going to succeed as a franchisee, you're going to show up in the franchise disclosure document. Item, was it 20, 20 or I think mm-hmm. it's the people who have exited the system. Right, they, right. Franchisors really want to try to protect that and keep it to a minimum. That's fantastic. What's the best way for our listeners? I, I know you, you plugged the website earlier, but if anyone's tuning in late, Meg, uh, what's the best way for our listeners, again, to get more information, even if there's any phone numbers you want them to call? Uh, you, you can sure. plug those if you like. Okay, super. My one and only phone number is 847 302 2601. Okay. 847-302-2601. So email, text, call me, my website, megschmitz.com. It looks awesome. We just got it um, updated. And a lot of great video great. interviews are on there, people that I've placed and worked with. Um, I'm pretty shameless about I will talk to anybody. If you've got a question, ask me anything, and That's we fantastic. will navigate through the process. And if it's a fit, we'll go forward. And if it's not, I'll help you figure out where you want to go next. Well, it's been wonderful to have you on the show, Meg. I could tell you really enjoy your work, you know, and I think that's that's so important, you know, and that it would love to you have enjoy you back your again. work. Thank you, thank you for saying it's that. It's been great. To, you have a great tone of voice, and it, can't, it comes oh, right through the phone. I feel that's like you're sitting kind. here talking to me. 
Well, I could I could probably talk to you for two or three hours about this, and I know you have a busy day, you know. But it's it, there's so many different um, you know topics that you talk about in franchising that really piqued my interest, and I said I have to have you on the show. So I'm sorry I waited 11 years, but I'm glad I finally had you on the show. It's been a privilege to talk. It to you. It has been a pleasure. Uh, ask me anything. I, I'd be happy to talk to you anytime, Marty. You're you're a joy. I'll take you up on that, Meg. <laughs> Absolutely. It was great to have you on the show, Meg. And we'll be right back with more franchise interviews. Coming up on segment two, you're going to hear what every franchisepreneur needs to know before buying a franchise. We're going to play a clip from our popular Great Quotes in Franchising podcast right here on Franchise Interviews. Are you one of those special people who are willing to go after your dreams and goals? Are you ready to fulfill that dream of owning your own business with the security of a proven brand, the opportunity to take control of your future, and own a Rita's Italian Ice franchise is within your reach. Rita's is seeking success-oriented individuals who are ready to make a change in their life, and Rita's offers unparalleled training and support to assure your success. And did you know the frozen treat industry is a recession-proof industry and there are Rita's in 23 states currently with 540 stores open. Rita's Italian Ice has been around for 25 years and is listed as a top-performing franchise by the Wall Street Journal. Now here's the really good part. Rita's Italian Ice is a unique and amazing taste treat. It's smoother than a snow cone and it combines ice with real fresh fruit. The real fruit adds dramatically to the taste and it comes in over 40 flavors. The ice and fruit are mixed on site and made fresh daily and it is delicious. You'll want to know more about this exciting and successful franchise opportunity. Go to www.ownaritas.com and get all your questions answered. That's www.ownaritas.com to take control of your dreams and future today. You don't want to wait any longer to be a part of this adventure. www.ownaritas.com Franchisers, are you looking to reach aspiring entrepreneurs looking to buy a franchise? Are you looking to reach a highly educated audience on franchising? For over eight years, Franchise Interviews has been giving an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship through our website, FranchiseInterviews.com, where you can hear and read interviews as well as get tips from some of the most successful sources in franchising. Our weekly franchise radio show where each week you get to hear a new interview with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts and attorneys, and our podcast, Great Quotes in Franchising. For more information, go to FranchiseInterviews.com or call us at 610-905-2919. That's 610-905-2919. Hi, everyone. This is Marty McDermott from Franchise Interviews, and welcome to another edition of Great Quotes in Franchising, where each podcast you get to hear a great quote in franchising. You know, we've been hosting franchise interviews many years now. We've had some incredible guests on the show. Today, you're going to get to hear from Todd Leff, and Todd is the CEO and president 
of a franchise called Hand in Stone, and Todd has many, many years' experience, and we always like to ask the veterans in franchising, what is your advice to our listeners as far as their quest to buy a franchise? And I thought Todd's response was quite brilliant. He narrowed it down to three questions you should ask, and we're going to hear that right now. Spending significant time out there, you know, really marketing the business, and that's that's where they can add value, um, you know, to growing the business. So you've been doing this such a long time. One of the questions I was excited to ask you is, is what advice would you give to our listeners on buying a franchise, Todd? Yeah, it's a it's a great question, and I, I, I'll, I will give you my three questions that I tell every <laughs> new prospect. These are okay. the three questions you should answer in looking at any franchise. One is, do you believe in the long-term growth of the industry because yeah. it's very hard in an industry that's flat or declining to claw away market share from other established competitors. So I, me personally, I was looking for an industry that had long-term growth potential. Number two, do you believe in the underlying business model of that franchise? Because you can have a great industry right. and, and have a business model that doesn't work. So you, you have to get into the you know, building a pro forma, looking at what the potential revenue is and what that would produce. And then the third question I I tell people to ask is, you know, can you see yourself fitting culturally with the organization, whether that's the management team that you'll be working with at the franchise, the people you'd be working with in the business, and the other franchisees in the system? Do you see yourself being able to get along and work with those groups and, and have confidence that these people can, can lead a brand forward? So you know, I think if you can answer all three of those questions yes, then, then you really have something that you ought, to, you ought to investigate carefully and proceed with. Wow, that's well said. We're going to have to – we have a, <clears throat> what's called a great quote in franchising. I think we're going to have to put that in there. I, I think that's, that's fantastic advice. Franchise interviews from Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia. You're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews.